Watch this immediately. Watch this immediately. Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to Watch This Immediately, a podcast with no set opening lines that's all about ignorance and the displacement of ignorance. Who am I? I am one of your hosts. My name is Stephen Krauss, and who's that guy over there? Munir here. That's Munir. And tonight, we have the showdown of all showdowns. We have, well, I'm going to let you tell us about it. Today, we listened to Notorious B.I.G.'s 1993 or 1994 album, Ready to Die. And uh, you had thoughts, I think. I have a lot of thoughts. My thoughts about this album are complex, but perhaps not as complex as you would like them to be. Okay. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the album? Why? What is it? What does it mean to you? Why did you choose it? Well, you know, this is one of the kind of uh, landmark albums of 90s hip-hop and what makes it that uh just the fact that you know the rhymes were so dexterous that uh you know big had some really great production Mm. because a lot of the beats were created by the best producers on the east coast at the time um anyone i would know dj premier he he was with gangstar i've heard of gangstar yeah, he was he's one half of Gangstar. Okay. But uh I think that would be the one person that most, you know, non-hip-hop fans would know about. Okay. There was also other other guys like Easy Moby and folks like that, but they're not as well known outside of the the rap circles. Um so yeah, you know, I I remember listening to this album when I was a youngster and it's probably Probably in tenth grade or eleventh grade when I first heard this. Interesting. Yeah, I actually remember I. Um, it, it involved one of my earliest forays into gambling. <laughs> Go on. I was betting on a Atlanta Falcons game. I was going to give the other dude ten dollars if uh, the Falcons lost, and if they won, I was going to get this ready to die CD. I ended up winning, so I got the CD. So, good day for you, and yes, yes, you won the CD on top of that. Exactly, and so, you know, just that, then I, I started listening to the album, in t- you know, in its entirety a few times because I didn't have that many CDs at that at that stage. Interesting. So, you know, at that point, uh, the CDs that I owned between me and my sister were Ice Cube, The Predator, this album, and I think she had like. A Luis Miguel album. <laughs> Sidebar: Who is Luis Miguel? <laughs> he is one of the most famous uh, Mexican singers. Okay, she was in, she was studying Spanish at the time. Your family is also huge into Mexican music. I remember yeah. you had a Vicente Fernandez poster when I was over <laughs> at your place first time I met you. Vicente Fernandez. That was the one where he's holding the chicken. It's great. <laughs> okay, I don't even There's, know who that is, but okay. You out there who are listening, if you know, you know. <laughs> You know the chicken one I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, just... It was a very... It was a different sound than the West Coast, like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. And also the East Coast, uh, you know, Wu-Tang Clan. 
the the Wu Tang Clan, their production, as you heard, was a little, I think, more raw. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more of a garage band sound, certainly. Um, and this this one was a very very polished album. Now, now, when you say that's it's, um, it's different, is it different in what they were sampling or? Yeah, just the the, sto- the sonic style, because in in the West Coast, um, you had a lot of like the the synthesizers, you know, and they had a lot of the. Um, the kind of the, that wine, that kind of whining sound, that fantastic voyage kind of thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And um, you know, then with Wu Tang, you had a lot of kind of very heavy drums, and um, and you know, just not not a very polished sound. As I said, mm-hmm. this one though, I mean, if you listen to it, you can tell this is a studio album. It was mixed to within an inch of its life. That's fair, and it was uh, it was kind of a newer sound than before. Okay, sonically, it is a very impressive yeah. album. Yeah, and so you know, over the years, I've come back to it from time to time, and maybe it's because I listened to it as a youth that I see it differently than you do. Well, and I was thinking about this when I was listening to it earlier today. The the things that we love when we are from the age of about 12 to 25, um, particularly music, um, we love more fervently than anything we'll ever love in our lives. Um, because it means, I don't know, I'm sure there's, there have been many studies about this, but for whatever reason, we are so much more passionate about music at that point than we are at any other point in our lives. Yeah. Um, and I, part of that I think, and I have no idea how large a part it is, is that art, and in particular movies and music at that age, is aspirational. So you don't want to hear about who you are at that point. You want to hear about who you might be two or three years down the line. You don't even want to think ten years ahead. You don't want to think five years ahead. You want to be like, well, who could I be two years from now? Yeah. Um, And I see... Somewhat of the appeal of that, um, this came out around the time that I was in junior high, I think. Well, it would have been high school, I think. Yeah. But I, I can kind of see the appeal of that because, yeah, if I had heard this when I was 13, 14 years old, it would have seemed impossibly grown up and mature to me. Mm. Um, hearing it today, it sounds impossibly juvenile. Mm. And it, it sounds like what a 13-year-old would think an adult is. You know, um, one thing hmm. um, I forgot to mention. So, you know, there, there was an interlude in my life when uh, my parents decided to skip the country for a while. Mm-hmm. And so the duet he has with Method Man, the what? The, the chorus of it really spoke to me at that time. Uh, refresh my memory. Which one is that? Fuck the world. Don't ask me for shit. Okay. So I can see, this is just me reading into it, but I can see you having a lot of respons- put, uh, responsibility put you put on you at a young age to look after yes. people that should not have been in your charge. Correct. I can definitely see the appeal of listening to something like this and the nihilistic view and being like, no, I don't have to take care of anybody but me. Correct. And I, the world is here to give me money and blowjobs, and I am here to 
lord everything over it. Yeah, man. I can see some. I can definitely see appeal in that. But yeah, that that song, the what is? Uh, it's one of my all time faves for for that for that reason. But again, I was like what eighteen at the time when I was listening to it. So it's yeah. it's aspirational. Yeah, and so to your point, yes. When I was a, a young a young man, this did seem a little more grown up. Like I was like, wow, if I'm older, like, will I be? Will, it, will my life be like the Big Papa video? And that's, that is one of the reasons why we love it. It is the true distillation of the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because mm-hmm. um, you can't answer that shit. I want to be a firefighter. No, you don't. You just, you, you need an answer to give to adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you really want to be is a sex-having guy with guns. <laughs> You don't want to be a firefighter. You don't want to be a veterinarian. You want to be somebody who does adult things. Correct, correct. Now, you know, I I actually, to your point about, you know, wanting to be an adult and whatnot, I did paraphrase from the lyrics of Big Papa in 11th grade when I was asked, like, what are your dreams? And I said, I want mansions and benzes to my teacher. Which teacher was this? What class? Is an English teacher. I see. But uh, he was... Oh, no, no. He asked, what is your American dream? I'm sorry. And that's what I said. And he's like, your American dream involves a foreign car? Interesting. And I said, yeah, my American dream does not involve me sitting on the side of the road. So, yes. <laughs> you will only travel in a Benz. Yes. Your tastes are that exotic. Correct. Uh, I appreciate it. And I mean, the American, uh, the domestic car market was not known for its reliability ratings at that time. No, it was definitely not. <laughs> I had a Chevy Corsica that died on the way home from the dealership. <laughs> so I sympathize. But Actually, yeah. technically, I empathize. But yeah, so, you know, to that point, again, I, I, I took pieces of this album and, 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 and they affected my life. In ways that were memorable to me even now, when I'm a old, um, desiccated husk. Sure. And that's the great thing about it. I mean, I can listen to the music that I listened to at a younger age, and you wouldn't get the same charge out of it that I do. But, you know, even though I'm not the same person I was then, some of that still exists in me. And so then it, it helps bring that out, and I can appreciate that. Hmm. So, yeah, you know, to me, it's... Uh, it's 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 an it's a classic that uh, was with me at the at the most formative periods of my of my life. But uh, enough about me. It's time for you to go. It was kind of trash. <laughs> um, okay. Kind of trash. I recognize the quality of the production, um, and that. Is a is almost as far as I can go with it. Uh, I do recognize that early on in the album, before it it completely bottomed out for me, I was able to recognize that okay, there's there's some good rhymes here. Um, I hate his voice. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. His voice was very irritating, and it sounds like an old man to me. Like an old man is showing like I can do the raps just like you kids. You watch. <laughs> And I told you earlier, I wondered if it was maybe like John Witherspoon or somebody making a parody rap album. And uh, so I hated that. (laughs) Um, Now, I 
in listening to that, I could tell that, oh, okay, this actually informed a lot of what went before, but that doesn't make me like it anymore, because that just means that I now know the source of the shitty cadence and flow that I've recognized in rap over the last 30 years. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't make me any happier. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, I, I got to the... I can't remember what the name of the, the song is, the where he is uh, vocal about his, his sex technique and his... Probably one, one more uh, chance. Yeah, that would be the one. Um, that just made me... I had a really bad reaction to that song. It made me feel really sad for him and embarrassed for him. Because um, he, he died shortly after this, right? Uh, no. Not, not died, but he was murdered shortly he after was, this. Uh, he was murdered about uh, four years after this album was oh, released. Okay, well, still still when he was a young man. Yeah, he was, he, he, was, he was a kid. He was 20 when, he, when this was released. So he was probably about 19 when it was being recorded. Okay. So he never got old enough to be embarrassed by this, and I feel kind of sad for him in that regard. Um, and I, who knows, maybe he never would have felt embarrassed by it, but that would make me even sadder. Because <laughs> um, it's... I, I always find it distasteful to listen to some other guy talk about his sex techniques. Um, but you are such a great fan of the band Kiss. Yeah, they don't do that. I thought they did. What, what's Love Gun, if not that? I mean, that is an allegory for a penis. But at no yeah. point is he like, yeah, man, I had this girl and I was eating her pussy. <laughs> and I call my dick my love gun, <laughs> which is what this song was. Okay. Okay. Um, Fair. There's no allegory here. Yeah. There's no. no. It's just a guy saying, I like to fuck. Here's how I like to fuck. Here's the women I fucked. <laughs> I'd like to fuck some more. Does anyone like to fuck? I lick my lips a lot. That's not gross at all. That's not weird and off-putting. <laughs> Ladies, you haven't been washing your ass properly. That's why I don't eat pussy anymore. That's... Wow. Kiss is not like that. Okay. And in fact, it made me a little mad thinking about it that, like, when you hear the term misogynistic thrown around, it's thrown around equally at Notorious B.I.G. and Kiss, and that makes me angry. What? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. One of the songs is, I can't remember what the lyrics were about, uh, I don't know, the song where he's talking about his bitch. Oh, me and my bitch. Yeah, me and my bitch. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? Do you not see the problem here? Do you not see the disconnect? He's, he's, He's saying that you can love and have disdain for the same person. That's not the issue. The issue is the same... You can't have, we can't use the same word for both of these. You can't say misogyny as related to Notorious B.I.G. and misogyny as related to Kiss. They cannot be the same word. There has to be gradations. I mean, it's, we, we have not uh, advanced to that level in English. Okay, then this album needs to be stricken from it's, the world. It's like, it's like the Inuits have like, what, 200 words for snow? Maybe, maybe you need to be the change you want to be in the world, man. Okay, this is... Double plus misogyny. <laughs> it, it is, yes. And it makes me, it, just when I hear stuff like that, it makes me embarrassed because this is, it's, once again, it's how a 13-year-old would talk about sex. Like, this yeah. is the stuff that you would say with your junior high buddies. Yeah, yeah, fair. When you would get together. It's like what a bunch of early teenage boys think is think sex is. And mm. it's embarrassing. It's it's just as embarrassing as if I were to stumble upon a bunch of thirteen year old boys. Kind of kind of like a forty year old virgin. Yeah, that scene when they're talking about sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except this is 
glorying in his gross <laughs> perceptions of it. Okay. And so it just, I had a really bad, the, the album cratered for me at that point, And I was like, oh my God, this guy's embarrassing. I mean, you, you don't, you, but, but remember there's that, the, the two skits. Yeah, that made it worse. The ones where he's having sex. I was sex. at work. It's <laughs> the one where it's, he's getting oral. Yeah. <laughs> I was at work listening to this. I mean, I was too. You don't feel embarrassed for this guy? <laughs> no, I mean, I, as I said, I listened to it as a kid, and I, I guess at the time I really uh, identified with it. I don't want to listen to somebody get a blowjob. That's fair. The, I, I did even, find that to be... In my a, younger days, I no, did not want to listen to even, someone else. Even when I was a kid, I, I did used to skip over that skit. And the sex one, too. Because so this, they were both very off-putting for me. This is the same problem that I had with the Tupac album. Because he had, the, he had that song where all of a sudden he's talking about, yeah, I like to have sex. There was a phone sex one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your number? Yeah. Something like that. And that, once again, embarrassed for him. I'm like, dude... You put this on, well, I mean, you laid this down on tape. Yeah. yeah. And sure, yeah, you made, or your estate made millions of dollars off of this. But, God, this is, I'm so embarrassed for you. It's so sad for you. Look, I mean, I think every genre has has this sort of uh, album, you know? And I don't listen to that in the... The other genres either. Well, I, well, I I did listen to Appetite for Destruction, correct? Guns and Roses, and you know when I listened to it mm. when I was twelve. Yeah, exactly. Because it, again, it seemed impossibly grown up at the time. But do you, do you three listen- years later, mm. don't listen to it anymore. I've never listened to it since because it's impossibly juvenile now. Wait a minute. There are still songs like Paradise City where if it's playing on the radio, I'll listen to it. You're saying when you were fifteen, you were like. This this is for the birds. I'm yeah. done. I'm, I'm too I'm too grown up for this now. Yeah. Wow. Because it's 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 not you recognize or at least I recognize at the time like this. This isn't very. This isn't adult. I can tell this isn't adult. I can tell this is not grown up. Mm. I didn't know. I wasn't able to quantify it. Mm. It's not like I was like this is I'm too old for these childish games now. I just there was an inauth- inauthenticity to it. Mm. I was like. I can tell the world is not like this. You know. And whether or not it was like it for somebody else who is actually making this music and potentially live that life, it's not what it's going to be for me. See, it, this reminds me of something you said to me before. What's that? It, 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 it sort of talked to your, uh, your forward thinking, even as a child. Like you said, you know, you'd watch SNL, and you were like, I didn't quite understand the jokes, but I knew that they were going to be funny later. Yeah. Solid, man. That's very solid. I, I was, unfortunately, more at a surface level. It's not that I was any deeper in my assessment of it, or would have been any deeper in my assessment of this as a, as a teenager or a child, but I don't know. I I knew enough. I think part of it is, I've thought about this before, I think um, you and... Um, have we called her Lizette on the show? Um, I don't think As, so. Well, we can call her Lizette. My my girlfriend, my partner. Yes. Um, she, you, and she are very. Um, how to put it? You are 
active observers. Okay. Um, you are able to laser in on something and pay extremely close focus to um, to the exclusion of everything around you. Yes, yes. I am a more passive observer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the key difference I can point to when I tell people about that difference between uh, she and I, and I think you and I kind of had the same difference, is I... If you say something around me, I'm probably hearing it, and I'm probably clocking you. Um, I am probably picking up what you're saying, whether or not I'm actively paying attention to it. Mm. And if you ask me about it later, I will probably remember it and be able to tell you. Mm. Um, you and I have had conversations where you didn't remember anything later because I have because you weren't paying attention. You're just mm. kind of responding, mm. and Lizette will. Like, if I need to say something to her, I generally need to get her attention, hmm. and then she'll say, what? And then I have her attention. If, if I start a sentence when she's not already, you know, flipped on and paying attention to me, she's not going to get it. Um, so, I think I had picked up in just my general observations of the world things that kind of turn me off to this sort of escapist entertainment. Mm. Um, because I just, as in, in my general observations of human interaction and adult interaction and just like what things were like in my own household and what things were like and what I was seeing in entertainment and the news and literature and whatever I was into at that time, I think I had just sort of picked up, this isn't... This isn't real. Not real for me. There's no point in my life I'm going to have an experience like this, and it's not fun to listen to anymore. Mm. Um, because the people in this enter- this form of entertainment no longer seem like the masters of their domain. They no longer see... You know, I when I was listening to it this morning, I was like, the theme of this album is at one point I didn't have money, and now I have money. That's fair. Um, similar to how in the, the uh, rap battle... The theme was, at one point I was at your house and you didn't treat me nicely. (laughs) That's true. And, you know, I just, it stopped feeling like, it feels like something like this would have stopped appealing to me over time just because he still sounds harried, he still sounds unhappy. (laughs) You know, he still sounds like, Jesus, if it's not fucking one thing, it's another, but at least I have money. Hmm. See, but think about it like this. At the time, I was looking for escapes, man. You know what I was existing in at the time. I understand. It makes sense to me. Mm. I just hated it. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I respect the opinion because, again, it's this is an entirely subjective thing. Yeah. And there's no way... You know, there's no way I can hear it with my ears, particularly at almost 46 years of age, and understand how it impacted you at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I can still yeah, because you know, I, I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to be able to to get away from my situation, and Notorious B.I.G. That's what he'd done. So I was maybe thinking back, I was like, wow, maybe this is a blueprint. I, I can get away from these terrible people by uh, by following what B.I.G. is doing. Now, what was he doing? Was he selling drugs? Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were thinking about selling drugs? No, no. I was just thinking like I would. You know, it was it was undefined. I was just like, I need to do something that will allow me to escape this situation. I don't know if that involves me becoming a rap star or. 
<laughs> I want to visit that alternate universe. Coming. Or, you know, inventing something, but I, I need to do something to get, get away from all this. Well, and I think... I can definitely understand that. I think anyone who's ever been young can understand wanting to get out of your circumstances in life. Because I, mm-hmm. the thing I hated most about my childhood, and I didn't particularly, I didn't have a bad childhood. Mm-hmm. You, you met my parents. I had a, I had great parents. Solid. Did parents. not have a bad childhood, um, but I hated my childhood because I did not have agency. Mm. Like I wanted to have the ability to leave the party when I wanted to leave the party or to be able to drive myself somewhere, um, to be able to do what I wanted to do. And as a child, you don't have that. Um, so I can definitely see, um, I can't remember where I was going with that. So it was, so it was kind of like, it's interesting you say that because I, I had the, so I had the ability to go to the party because no one cared, hmm. but I couldn't because of all the circumstances that were surrounding me. Hmm. And in that I felt that it would be irresponsible to go to the party because I had all this other crap that was like kind of happening that I had to deal with. Hmm. So I, while I was seeking agency, you were seeking freedom. Yes. Yes. Because I didn't. So the way my parents basically approached things was, we are going to be hyper-focused on how you make us look. Hmm. And so if you're doing anything that will make us look bad, then we're not, we're not about it. But if this is something like if you're just reading up in your room or you know, you're just doing whatever you want to and not bothering us, like we don't care. You know, if if uh, if you're getting bad grades, that makes us look bad because you're supposed to be doing well at school. Hmm. And so we care about that. We care about how you interact with other people. But we don't particularly care what you do. Interesting. Besides that. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and then, you know, of course, I was also being... Like, I essentially was more of a, like, a screwdriver rather than a person to them. Because they were basically, like, when, when I got a car... That was their sign to say, okay, well, we're going to abdicate every single responsibility we have around taking your sis- the sister your sisters around. Hmm. Because, yeah, I mean, we don't need to do that anymore. You, we have you now. Nowadays, you could just... Um, oh, you could just Uber around. Well, I was going to say, you could sign up as an Uber driver. But I you could. Specifically take your, your sisters around and charge your parents for it. Yeah, I should. That <laughs> would have been the bomb. <laughs> Modern solutions to old school problems. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, like, I, I still remember all the different music that I would listen to. Not just this this uh, album. You know, I think I was probably one of the only people who was listening to both Notorious B.I.G. and Richard Marks at the same time. <laughs> you want to believe that about yourself, but I do. there's more people than you know. Okay, fair. They're right here waiting for you. <laughs> They won't stop until you're satisfied. <laughs> hey, deep, deep pulls. Thing. Good, good work, man. You're welcome. But uh, you know, listening to this and listening to some of the other songs that I would listen to quite a bit. Um, like I don't know if you have the same habit, but sometimes I'll just put the same song on for a while. Not so much. And my my wife says it's because you know. My anxiety is soothed when I can anticipate what's going to happen. And if you listen to the same song over and over, you know what's going to happen. 
this is going to be the same damn song over and over. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I could I can do that for like a day. I'm not able to do that. Mm-hmm. I I am I am not a terribly anxious person. Mm-hmm. I I am anxious. I, I <laughs> when you are close to people who are anxious, you your anxiety or their anxiety kind of becomes your anxiety. So mm-hmm. I have become more anxious over the years. Mm-hmm. Um but in general, if I'm just left to my own devices, I, I tend not to be a very anxious person. Mm. So I, if I am listening to a song over and over, it's just because whatever re- reason I'm really feeling that song. Oh no, that, <laughs> like like I will feel I will be feeling the song like crazy. But you know, to your point with the uh, focus, mm-hmm. like I'll then be like, oh, you know, let me uh, let me see what uh, the lyrics are. You know, let me see who who produced the song. <clears throat> Where was it recorded? You know, I'll just like dive into it, man. I'm trying yeah. to find out everything I I can about it. Yeah, I like that kind of focus. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's both a blessing and a curse because you know what you were saying, where sometimes with your wife you have to be like, hey, or not your wife, uh, your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, uh, I'm trying to say something, and she'll be, like, oh, okay, yeah, what. Yeah, it's it's a it's a level of concentration that I am un, incapable of achieving. But that happens quite a bit, and it causes conflict for us. It yeah, it does for us too sometimes. Yeah, because I'm because you know my wife will be like, oh well, you never listen to me, and I'll say no. I just have this like hyper vigilance sometimes that just kind of takes over. Like if I'm in the grocery store and there's like loud music going on, and like there's just people all over the place. Like I won't, I, I will literally not hear my wife say something hmm. because I'm just like, there's so much stimuli. I can't, I, I can't process all of it, you know? And so, yeah, that's, and, and then, you know, she'll get mad at me and be like, you know, you're not listening to me at all. And I'm just like, I am not doing this on purpose because this causes conflict. And I don't like conflict. So, you know, it's, it's just something to, to be dealt with. But you know that's that's how that's how it is, I guess, for folks like myself sometimes, and for Lizette perhaps. I think sometimes, potentially. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for her, of course, but yeah. But no, it's it's something that makes both of you you, and it's it's fascinating to me. It's mm-hmm. just something I've noticed over the years in, in dealing with both of you is that you have this incredible focus that sometimes has has to be tripped in order to. Yes. To get attention. Yes. That, yes. Um, I used to be better at just kind of clocking everything that went around when I my hearing was better and I was younger. <laughs> I know, right? Because now I, now I know someone's talking to me and I have to kind of stop them and be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Whereas before, if somebody was talking, you know, two rooms over, um, I would kind of hear most of what they would say and I would have no problem with it. Yeah, you know, back in the day when I was younger, I could, I could like listen to music and do homework at the same time. And nowadays, like if I'm at work, I cannot listen to I cannot listen to a song that has that has lyrics that I can understand. Yeah. I have a similar problem. If I got to focus in on anything, I've got to pause whatever I'm listening to. Yeah. So it's either instrumental or I'm listening to a, like Music in a language that I don't fully understand. You'd listen to some Jamaican uh, house music. I mean, 
Yes. Or Filipino disco. I wouldn't be able to understand either of those. No, no. But then you can practice your daggering technique. <laughs> you're like, <"Ugh." laughs> I mean, so, so yeah, I guess to wrap it up, the album, this album played a formative experience in my life, and it did not in yours. And so I think we came into into this this endeavor with entirely different viewpoints, which yeah. makes it uh, interesting for the rating. Well, I mean that's that's the point of the that's the point of this is mm-hmm. to try and grapple with the things that we did not experience at earlier points in our lives that Correct. at least one of us feels is important or that society feels is important. Yeah. Because we're going to get the Sister Act 2 eventually. Hell yeah. Because apparently society thinks that that is important for some reason. You got Lauren Hill, man. As a young person, her her talent is fully on display. I mean, come on. We're, we're going to find out. Lizette yeah. will join us for that one. Oh, she, wonderful. I, I asked if she will be joining us for Sister Act 2, and she said yes. Okay, wonderful. So, we got that to look forward to. <laughs> well, it'll be so, two against one on that one, just I, FYI. I know, but just be aware. I'm probably going to completely break the rating. There's not going to be a, there's not going to be a WTI for that one. <laughs> it's not going to be unanimous anyway. Okay. It's, it's going to be a broken WTI. Okay, okay. A Very UTI. Well. <laughs> oh, no. We don't want a UTI. Mm, who knows? All right, so so as I said, it's time for that ranking. Since you are the one who listened to this for the first time, I will allow you to go first. Don't be mad at me. Please, go ahead. This is an all eyes on me. Play a what? Don't be mad at me. No, I, I can't be mad at you for this. this I, is... can't, I cannot be mad at you for having an opinion on something. This is the production. This this one has the advantage of having the good production mm-hmm. um, and lyrics that were better than All Eyes on Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have learned through the course of this podcast, or actually through this through the course of this podcast, I have developed a severe hatred for compact disc bloat. Um, goddamn. I yearn for the days when everyone struggled to put 35 minutes worth of music on an album instead of saying, we've got 80 minutes on a CD, we're going to fill the whole damn thing. Now, this one was only like 65 minutes, but still. (laughs) We don't need a one-minute fade-out because somebody was high and liked the beat. Fair. Uh, We get that a few times here. Um, There are some songs that... I can't abide. <laughs> um, <laughs> the skits don't yeah, ever the, the, need the, to hit. The skits, the skits were not the best. I want to hear one of these days. I want to hear that uh, Robin Leach one again, just so I can hear it one last time. Bro, I, I can play it for you right like after after the podcast. But okay, yeah. But I'm sure that's not as funny as I remember it being in the moment. Hmm. Um, but all of that shit could go. Give me give me forty minutes of dynamite instead of these bloated. Things that we've been getting. Yeah, I don't know why there was that there was that need for skits. It's it's crazy. Like, well, it's I, like Chappelle said. You know, every every musician thinks they're a comedian. Every comedian so. wants to be a musician. Yes, so you're right. And so, I mean, that got us these skits and that that Champagne Room song by Chris Rock. So, you know, 
there's there's no good on either side of that equation. No, sorry. Okay. So yeah, I gotta gotta label this in all eyes on me. Sorry. Okay. okay. Well, so this will be the widest gulf to date on this podcast, I think. I think I know what your response is going to be. Yeah. Mine is cultural touchstone. Because it was so important in the history of rap, and it was so important to me. And so, you know, we don't, we don't have to... This is not the Supreme Court. We do not have to be unanimous. No, this is a... This is a cop out, but I think both of these ratings are perfectly valid, actually, because yeah, it's yeah. you know it. Whether I liked it or not, there's no denying its importance. I mean, I've looked up the sales figures; it's like what six times platinum. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's big. It, it's it's huge. I still see, just like with all eyes on me, I see merchandise for this all the time. This is how, like, this is what launched uh, Puff Daddy great yeah <laughs> so another thing that i don't like that i can thank <laughs> this album for cool so this is the album this and all eyes on me are the albums that made hip-hop really distasteful for me for the next couple of decades i almost feel like i should have you listen to like a, a grave diggers album or something not familiar there there were um there was this brief period when uh there was something called horror rap and so it was just like in just incredibly detailed um, descriptions of violence and gore. Don't need that. I don't need that. Don't need that at all. Hey, man. I don't need that in my life. It's part. It's part of part of the culture, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't need that. Okay. Very well. So, so um, you know, I think. I think we will have to agree to disagree on this one, but this brings us. No, I mean, <laughs> you can you can do what you want to. I don't agree to that either. Okay, well, then um, I will I will uh, let you turn the lights off, but I will be leaving. Very well. I enjoyed being friends, <laughs> but you know, in case we record again, what is our next assignment? I'm going to give you a choice. Okay. Um, now these are two movies, neither which was a big, neither of which was a big hit. Okay. They're both from the '70s. I think that both of these deserve to be considered um, great. Well, one is a Canadian, but I think they both deserve to be considered among the great American movies or great North American movies. I guess we'll say of the 1970s. Okay. And they are forgotten. Um, or never discovered to begin with. Um, one of which is Payday from 1973, I believe, with Rip Torn. And the other one is The Silent Partner with Elliot Gould and Christopher Plummer from hmm. 1978. Hmm. Um, one of them, Payday, is about a country music up-and-comer in 1970s uh, South, kind of traveling around. Um, it is not glamorous at all as he tours around and goes from gig to gig and meets ladies and hmm. um, engages in all sorts of unsavory activities. He is, uh, Rip Torn is probably his greatest performance ever. Hmm. Um, the Silent Partner is a movie about a bank robbery starring Elliot Gould. Um, and the fallout from that bank robbery. He plays a um, he plays a bank teller who 
is robbed, and he misreports the amount of money that was stolen and steals the rest. Ooh. So he pins the bank robber for a much larger money, a much larger amount of money than the bank robber actually got away with. And the bank robber, once he learns about that, has some things to say about it. <laughs> so they're both excellent movies. And I'm going to let you choose and see if either one sounds more interesting to you or if you just want to mentally flip a coin. Silent Partner. All right. Excellent. I'm about it. That's uh, that's going to be especially easy because that's on Canopy. So. Ooh, okay. So Wonderful. that is something that we can we are both able to watch for free. Yes, yes, correct. Cool. So yeah, The Silent Partner. Silent Partner. I will I will watch it and we will get my opinions on it and your experiences next time. Excellent. See you then. Bye. Watch this immediately. Watch this immediately.